Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of Cobras and Fire, starring patients number 10 and 11, Elsie and Baco. Also, as a side note, I like worms. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. I'm your host, LC, and I'm joined, as always, with the inspiring Baco. How are you, sir? I'm well inspiring. That's, uh, that's an inspiring introduction you gave me there. I feel uh, I went from a, about a, a 7 to a 10 now. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. I thought it was like 6 to midnight. No? I do that uh, about halfway through the show. That's a different metric, though. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. I, I wanted to give you some props. Um, you know... Not that I wish this upon you, but you've had a quite a run at your at your job. You know, you haven't had to interview in a long time. But I want today for you to put something in your little memory bank, okay? Um, to to use for a, for a possible interview if you need it at some point. And that is when they say like, "Give me an example of your leadership," and I think you should say, "Here's an example <laughs> of my leadership. I inspired grown men to show up at at seven in the morning, <laughs> go to my basement." And record the script that I put to put together for a Halloween episode back in 2022, and have this other guy slap from it on the table. Zone. Boom! Read that shit. Ex- exactly. <laughs> uh, so that's an example of leadership. I think you could use in an interview. Nice. I like that. That uh, that's a hot take. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. So you 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 you've uh, you know you've shown your power there. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, and uh, thank you to you, of course, and uh, Gene Vogel and Andy Shaw and everybody for uh, getting involved in in the whole Halloween project. Uh, I think that it comes out a week after. Uh, we're talking about actually just dropping it right on Halloween. Um, but uh, anyway, if you cool. follow our feed, we'll uh, we'll make sure you know when it comes out. That's right. Got a good one this year. Another groundbreaking episode for yeah. the Cobras and Fire feed. <laughs> yes. But uh, you've been a busy man during the weekends recording, and also you've uh, uh, you had a play date recently, if I understand. I did, yeah. Something that, uh, set up by the the our our uh, our, our overlords at uh, Pantheon, uh, Peter mm-hmm. and uh, Christian. They were, Pantheon is sponsoring the whole Nick Mason saucer full of secrets tour, so uh, he's allowing basically any podcast that's. Uh, wants to show up at one of these shows. So basically kind of like by proximity, uh, we went to the Minneapolis show, for instance. And, and you know, because you don't live, you know, near, you weren't willing to make the 13-hour drive uh, to be there with me. Uh, Gene Vogel no. kind of ste- uh, stepped in and helped me out. So mm-hmm. uh, basically, yeah, we set up a Cobras and Fire table uh, at uh, just out, just next to the merch booth at the State Theater in Minneapolis. Uh, and... 
I don't know. Uh, we we interviewed. We ended up uh, just mainly talking to people that came uh, right away. It was kind of funny because people would just kind of stare at our table and see these two guys <laughs> sitting there, you know. And it was the early crowd was just the VIPs, so it's only about fifteen or twenty. And supposedly a couple of those guys won through Pantheon, but they never came over and said hello. Huh. But once the actual crowd came in, and you get the people that you know with the the, the, the without the VIP money. They were more willing to talk, you know, so we had some fun. Um, as we're recording, that is going live. That, that I just dropped that this morning. Uh, so it's it, it reminded me a lot of the uh, Chipotle experience in the sense of we, I basically just largely hit record, and you're hearing everything that we do right there. Uh, so the audio dips in and out based on how close we could get somebody to a microphone or, you know, that kind of stuff. But you can hear everything, and it's it's pretty fun. There's... Uh, there was one uh, hot take that I didn't get. A guy came up and he started complaining about Roger Waters, and uh, I so I asked him about this show. Has he seen this band before? Because they were here a couple years ago, and of course, almost everybody we talked to saw this same show two years ago across the street. Huh. Uh, right. So uh, a lot of return uh, visitors. So that that's encouraging. I was I'll, I'll touch on this in a minute. I was a little surprised at how how many people were, were into this kind of thing. Um, but I'll circle back to that. So this guy comes up and he, he's just making all like basically Pink Floyd for him is 68 to 72. Everything after that, just not even worth listening to. Not a damn thing. that's any good. And I said, <laughs> you don't think the wall's any good? You know, I personally think the wall is kind of a masterpiece. Uh, I know it's a, one of their biggest records, you know, and I know a diet you know, that, that's like saying Destroyer is your favorite kiss record. I'm not, I am a cursory Pink Floyd fan. I am not a deep, deep diver. So, I'm familiar with their entire catalog. I've never cared for the kind of nursery rhymey stuff of the, the, the like the Sid Barrett era that I would largely saw this this night. Um, but I've always kind of enjoyed some of the trippiness and things of that nature. And they are kind of the only psychedelic band that made a, an impact, right? All the other big bands that you can kind of say that they only dabbled in it, like the Stones and the and the Doors and, and, and the Beatles, they all had some psychedelic music, but they weren't necessarily known as that. Pink Floyd really kind of kept that almost, well, I guess, I don't know if you, there's, you could probably still enjoy it to momentary lapse of reason and Division Bell, that kind of stuff. But that said, I, I realized, it dawned on me the day after that I probably shouldn't be that surprised that there's this many people, because there were people there into every fucking thing. They knew all the notes. The band, by the way, amazing. Uh, just killer band. So you had Nick Mason, who, my God, I think he's 78 years old. Uh, now, he's not doing Dave Lombardo fills here, but he still was spot on. Uh, sounded nice. Sounded amazing. He's got the bass player in the band is the guy who replaced Roger Waters when they re- restarted. So he's been working with this guy for 35 years. And uh, the guitar player was from Spandau Ballet, which I don't really, I can't name a single song. I've heard of them. But uh, they, they put on a very entertaining show, and it was really cool. But what the, the math that hit me the, the day after is that, like, if I went to, like, see a Peter Chris, if he went on tour and I went to see him, you know, I mean, I think Pink Floyd has sold 250 million albums. Kiss sold about 50. And then I'm like, so that's about one to five. If I would see Peter Chris, it would be in a place that held about, you know, 20, 20% of what this place did. Right. You know what I mean? So then I'm like, well, you put it like that. Yeah, of course. I mean, this guy was in one of the biggest bands of all time. You know, you really shouldn't be that surprised. But yeah, it, the uh, the median age I'm putting at like 60 65 somewhere in that age sure uh these people have been uh hanging with this band that, that that's just the media and we also saw a couple 20 somethings uh sitting next to us that knew everything you know and i didn't know anything so i just sat and enjoyed the show but uh, uh anyway that's cool yeah no i think it's the thing it's nice the fact that pantheon's putting uh i'm not sure they're they're just the, basically the promoters of this right yeah like your booth had Pantheon on it. Yeah, they sent me a banner that I hung on the table. Um, yeah. Someone from the uh, the State Theater actually brought us a table and a tablecloth. Uh, it was it was just fun. Yeah, and I appreciate uh, the opportunity to kind of do this kind of thing. It's kind of a new experiment uh, for the show and just as as a podcaster. I've I've done plenty of concerts with a with a photo pass and things things like that, but. Uh, this place didn't really have a proper photo pit. So even if I did want to shoot with my camera, it made more sense just to do it with my phone. Uh, we were, we were, they gave us amazing seats right off the aisle, right down the middle. You nice. Just, yeah. So, um, but yeah, it just, and if this thing is going through October, I think maybe into November a little bit, still plenty of opportunity for anybody listening to, if, if you're, if the show's coming near you, go to Pantheon, uh, 
pantheonpodcast.com. Go to the just look up Pantheon Podcast in Google. Go to the website. There's a link there to to uh, try to win tickets. So, and I know people have won because I got the notifications for our show. Yeah. No, I mean, I, th- I think it's a cool event. And uh, but when you have somebody that's like that hardcore into just that era, that would be like if I was a Kiss fan, but they only really like the unmasked elder period. Just that <laughs> that just that eighty to eighty one yeah. zone, and everything before it was terrible, and everything after it was just just that only. Mm. But uh, this is like Elder Fest for Pink Floyd fans, right? Maybe Something like yeah. that. Yeah, you know I what I mean? So. so there's always a, a zone that that somebody locks into. But uh, a lot of Roger Waters hate, but I think that's largely pulled because of his politics. Yeah, and because of the his sense of melody. And he's also uh, a bit of a douche, as uh, someone uh, re- reported on the show. One thing they did that was surprisingly effective on a, uh, a a fairly cynical person like myself. You know, when a band comes to town, um, and uh, they do like you know, we love Minneapolis. You know, we always look forward to coming here, something like that. They actually kind of paused and, and like, when was the, like, Nick would be like, when was the last time we were here? He's like, oh, it was actually two years ago, just across the street at the Orpheum. And Nick, you actually played here in 1988 at the Metrodome with Pink Floyd. And so, and, the, and the, I was at that show, by the way, I think one of my first concerts ever. Um, I think huh. that was, that was that, that, Motley, Motley Crue first, then that, and then this, the Rolling Stones. So those are my first three big shows. That's a pretty good run. And they had like an intermission, which is how Pink Floyd did it in 88. So I wonder if that's just something he carries on. There was no opening act. So they did like about an hour and 15 minutes, take a 20-minute break, come come back. But it was during that 20-minute break that Nick did come out with the titty cam. And uh, <laughs> I was waiting for this. Good. So he's, he's, yeah. he's coming in. See, he's, he's inspired like, Let too. Let me see. Last time I was at the Elfium, I saw all sorts of titties. Public enemy, but don't believe the hype. Talk guy like a one and star, 81 of eight me. Hook line sinker, now your lady wanna date me. Give your girl a little wink, so you make a big stink. Shoulders got a chip, so you flip like a tiddlywink. Know what I think? I think you might be darns missing link. Get all the outer sheep and the heaters on just like a shrinky dink. But I can take a hint better than I can take a hit. Completely incompatible, though I'm a pussy and you're a dick. How can you hold a grudge when you can't even hold a job? Should've known butter, but you're not going on the cob. I choose to use a song for a weapon, not a sword. Struck a chord. If I wanted to see stars, I watch Academy Awards. That's why I ran like Rock and Seagulls. Why make up like Mary Kay? You must have given up on headlocks, cause now you're going to pay. All in all, you're just a another dick with no balls. Did you or uh, Gene ever like dare each other to yell out, "Play comfortably numb"? No, no. We read, we read the room. <laughs> I was really kind of hoping this would die down, but uh, we got to keep, uh, we got to keep the listeners informed. There is more talk on the Van Halen reunion thing this time, coming from Wolfgang Van Halen, who, at last check-in for us, basically said, "All you old fucks need to give it up." And stop bothering me about this, even though he wasn't being bothered. It was just Eddie Trunk sharing his personal opinion and not mentioning Wolf or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was uh, speaking to Classic Rock magazine. He basically kind of said that, you know, doing the thing with the Foo Fighters kind of helped him in a way pay tribute to his father and kind of get, get a little of that out of, out of his own system. So apparently part of it, you know, part of him does want to do something like that. And I think he's kind of walk the line back and forth between leave me alone to uh, I'm not the one holding it up, that kind of stuff. Uh, but he said, so his quote was, um, I think I already did it, you know, an Eddie Van Halen tribute with the Taylor Hawkins tributes. I feel a lot of closure because of the my part of the show was a tribute to my father as well. Uh, when it comes to Van Halen and the entities surrounding the band, it's unfortunate, certainly compared to Foo Fighters who have their shit together with interpersonal relationships. I don't know what is going on, what it is with some bands, but certain personalities just can't get over themselves to work collectively for one purpose. That's been the curse of Van Halen for its entire career. 
that's that's the nuts and bolts of it. And I, I I happen to personally agree with him, and I don't have the insight that he would have. Uh, but you know, as, as fans, we we you know see and hear things over the years. We we follow these bands. You know, you and I have been listening to Van Halen for the better part of our lives. So I I get it. Like I said, I'm not really pining for this. I'll I'll support it if it comes if they happen to put something together. But I, I don't I don't necessarily feel my my soul is missing it. But I I don't know. I, I, it sounds like he's talking about David LaRoth again. Uh, maybe he's talking about his uncle Al. I don't know. I'm gonna call my shot right now, and that's that. This tribute will never happen. That's it. Yeah. Period. I, I would uh, that's on that that's it. I mean, that's that's where I'd put my money on. That's 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 where I'd, I'd place my bet on because, I mean, every single tour, all you gotta know is anytime that they actually did go on tour, uh, even with the you know David Lee Roth reunion, they ended up um, you know taking forever to do that. So I mean, seriously. Yeah, and, I, kept, and at least it, one start and stop. Prior to that's that. what and, I mean, and I, and I think there might have been two. <clears throat> yeah, you'll always hear like the the tour they went when they toured on that album, different different kind of truth. I think there was a start stop of three years leading up to that, and then finally it kicked in. So uh, th- that's at least my recollection. So I say it's never going to happen, and that was whenever like like he just described it. So we can keep talking about this. You're going to have random people that'll pop up and say their little thing of yeah, I was asked too. I was asked. I was asked. I was part of this too. This is how far <laughs> it got to. But nothing will ever happen. It's 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 much much ado about nothing. Yeah, I was actually just asked about a week ago, but I passed. Uh, <laughs> have you been approached about doing it yet? Not yet, but I, I'm I'm sure I I hope to read a headline of my own quote. <laughs> They're working their way down the list. They uh, really are. So, so that will be the uh, last the last word. It's I not going to happen. <laughs> LC said it's not going to happen. The end, and then it's just done. Yeah, that's the blabbermouth held headline uh, yeah. next week. LC says Van Halen tribute show never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Boy, that that would be next level for us if we got it oh to where they're quoting you or me. Uh-huh. Yeah, I just wow. Right, uh, we know somebody out there is listening to the show <laughs> because we do get stuff published on there here and there. We aren't yeah. setting things out, so uh, but uh, that would be great. Yeah. What? Let me and ask you now, this. Now, the thing is, though, is what picture would they use of me? I would be eating. <laughs> I would be eating some sandwich or something like that, or have my mouth just like in the middle of a yawn. You're in a witch witch toilet. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, yeah. It's always a terrible picture. So yeah, I never. I, maybe I don't want a blabbermouth headline. That's no. a good point. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be the shot of uh, you, me, and Toomey with our hands in each other's butt pockets. <laughs> I'm fine with that one. That's uh, it. Can't identify them. Just our asses. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's ass uh, ass experts out there that can like that is that's true. Definitively, Elsie's butt. Yeah, that's like the whole thing where they like uh, use CGI to age people. Like whatever pictures of John Lennon <laughs> yeah. are out there, they they can they can track down your ass. Deep fake ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's right. Let me let me ask you this because uh, I kind of go uh, back and forth on on this topic. Sammy seems to talk about Eddie Van Halen quite a bit, and yep. But also, I think Sammy gets asked a lot about it. I don't, you know, because uh, everybody always likes to, to do that thing where it's like they make the joke of like, yeah, what does Ted Nugent think? What does Corey Taylor think? You know, uh, anytime there's a headline on on Blabbermouth, somebody seems mm-hmm. to throw that in the comments, and and I'm curious. It's like, well. Now, with Corey Taylor especially, is he really just throwing shit into the universe or is he just answering a question honestly or maybe a little more candidly than he needs to? Because to me, without the question, there is no answer typically. Unless you are Ted Nugent, you have your own show and you just go on. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. All these things. But, you know, if you're interviewing Ted, you're going to ask him a handful of inflammatory questions if you're any good at your job. Yeah. So, so back at, to the, the Sammy thing. Do, 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 you, do you want him to just basically have a no Van Halen talk rule, or should he just be given a pass when he does share his thoughts? I mean, I guess you give him a, a bit of a pass. I mean, what else are you going to talk? There's no way that that you can't ask him something about that. That's what I think. Interview. I mean, otherwise you're going to say like, hey, can we do a track by track of your new release, Crazy Times? Nobody wants to do that, you know? <laughs> Nobody so, wants to hear it. Yeah. So I don't hate it as much as you do. But um, you have some love for that whole circle. record to hate it. I have not heard anything right. that was any good right. off it as always. Right. It's interesting because your, 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 your uh, review of The Circle just two or three years ago was actually like uh, somewhat positive, if I recall, his, uh, his album. 
I don't think it's st- st- the test oh, of time. Oh, the, 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 yeah, you know what? I did like the last studio release, right? That's what I mean. That live record was just ridiculous. And that No, I agree. Remember that, that didn't Chickenfoot release a, like a Greatest Tits that was basically the first two records? <laughs> yes. It was the first two albums and a bonus track for yeah. no apparent reason. Yeah. Anyway. Greatest uh, Hits. It's just all of our songs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More than Gene Simmons, you want to? He's a, he's an actual successful businessman outside of his music. Uh, you know, speaking of Gene, I'll, I'll just do a quick segue here because there's not much to talk about. It's more of a no shit Sherlock kind of thing. But he made headlines recently when he said he has no friends. <laughs> yeah, what was the actual quote though? Do you know that one? I I think I could paraphrase it well enough. Yeah, go ahead. It's kind of like um, uh, this character that. that that I think I've developed unintentionally over the years where, <laughs> where essentially I, I just say that, you know, I'm, I'm like a, what do you call it? A social assassin or whatever. Ah, where it's just yes. like, Hey, uh, do you want to go hang out next Friday? No, don't really <laughs> want to it's just, uh, I, I, it's something that, uh, like, Oh, we can go to this place. Well, I'm not going to go because I don't like the food and I really don't enjoy your company. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's nothing to really to do with, with me specifically. And uh, so I'll probably be bored. So no, I'm not going to go. It was something, some kind of comment like that about hanging out. Did, did you read that part or not? I did, Maybe but this did. is a couple weeks old. It's been sitting on our, our yeah. It was essentially that. Like, like I don't, a lot of times I don't want to hang out. Uh, like he's not, but, but I guess, you know, it is, it is interesting though. Cause he, he is completely honest about the fact that he can't have small talk. He basically can have talk, but it's about him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but he doesn't really want to. He doesn't really care about you <laughs> specifically unless it has to do with his business somehow. So if he's yeah. talking to Paul and that's his friend, it also has to do with Kiss or stuff they're doing so he can e- exist that way. So, uh, yeah, nobody. Just business partners. It's well. I mean, it is an honest assessment, I suppose, in, in a certain sense. And and I'm I'm really really been lately been thinking a lot about the the last twenty years of my father's life and starting to appreciate some of his mentality of just not giving a fuck. And maybe that's where Gene is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You hit a certain point in life and you're like, I'm a grown man. I don't need to fucking deal with things I don't want to deal with anymore. And maybe he's had been fortunate enough to be able to do that his whole life. You know, because he did, he only needed to rely on Paul Stanley to make money. Hmm. Like uh, today, we're having another cul-de-sac party, and I'm going to have a lot of small talk with a lot of people that sacks. have kids. We call that a sack social here in St. Paul. Yeah, sacks are having a sack social at 1 <laughs> o'clock. We're featuring our backyard. We're going to have all the kids there. And I will have all kinds of conversations with people that are actually pretty nice people 
We don't have that much common. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, are we, you know, what are we doing? At this point, if I was Gene Simmons, though, I'd just say like, I'm going to stand here in the corner and I fucking talk to any of you people and cook this meat because I'm mm. not going to use the effort. You know what I mean? Like if nice. you take that move, when is it? Should I just amp this up and go to age 72? Should we start doing that? Hmm. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It sounds kind of it. It's almost sort of pleasant in a way. Although I, I'm a, I'm a little more outgoing than you. I think. I don't know. Um, I, but what I, if you talk to somebody and they say something? What I mean by that is that there was a, <laughs> a a buddy that I asked like, what are your things? Like I asked stuff like this, and I said like, are you into sports, music, yeah. TV? Uh, are you just and this only guy? The only thing this guy could say that he has his hobby besides working. And and uh, taking care of his kids is going is biking. That's it. That's uh. it. There's no there's nothing like he is. He seriously doesn't give a fuck about any kind of pop culture at all or sports or anything like that. Like at that point, you're kind of like, I guess we're not going to be able to talk about anything then, right? That's a huge one for me. I I got to tell you that because I know people that are very myopic in what they're a- able to or just willing to discuss and it all revolves around things that they give a fuck about right and and i'm i'm a person that that i don't think i'd be able to do this show if i wasn't able to talk to people about things that i don't know that much about you know what i mean and 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 to 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 find the interest in in hearing what they're saying it's to me it's a much more productive way to get through a life but you know do what you want to do i don't really care funny story though i was at menards yesterday and talk about you know, first of all, being a traitor to my own code. Uh, as I get older and I turn more into my dad, or I say things to my wife like, "Oh, that's a, that's a cute dress," I just immediately start to shrink inside. Like, what's wrong with me? This you're not this guy. So I was approaching <laughs> an elevator, and there was a man, good ten years older than me, another another solid white Midwestern man, and I made sure. some. And it's the, the, we're on the second floor of a two story building, so I made this sweet joke going down, mm. and he says, "Well, you'd have to." Have to go. You'd have to die and and hopefully get saved to go to heaven to go up. <laughs> and now I'm stuck in an elevator with a guy who is super religious and told me the worst Bible joke I've ever heard in my life. Let's hear it. I can't remember. It involves the first of all. I need to remember the the actual scripture because the punchline is like Acts three twenty eight. Oh, you know what I mean. And I'm like, and you're holding an axe and three twenty eight rifles or something. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know guns. I don't remember. But it was just like. Holy fuck, what the hell did I start? First of all, if I would have just stuck to my true self, I'm not talking to this fucking guy. I'm definitely not making that level of a dad joke to, to a stranger. And then I'm not exposed. I, I blame myself is all I'm getting at. This is He was a perfectly fine gentleman. We just, mm-hmm. not someone I want to talk to at our next sack social. So, or in, a, or in an elevator at Menards. Yeah. I, by the way, when you started the show, I mean, when you started the story with something really funny happening at Menards, I'm I'm all in. Anytime that's anytime that's the intro to a story, yeah. I'm all in. And I say the the always the the punchline for any religious joke is always Corinthians, bitch. <laughs> I like that. That's uh, I think I, I I wish I could go back in time and just say just as he's leaving the elevator, just say that. Yeah, because that's the most interesting uh, section is is a four syllable Corinthians. Corinthians, bitch.
Yes, before we get into the next section, is there anybody else that you locked in a chicken coop you'd like to talk to about? Talk about? Hmm. Uh, that, uh, that, that was a one-and-done situation with me. Uh, I was basically kicked out of the chicken coop locking-in group after I, I basically oh, so I, I confessed, and I, I told everybody else who did it. <laughs> That's uh, good. Yeah. I, I, okay. I would hope so, but actually, I'm pretty sure she just told on us. Okay, fair enough. Just a little call back there. Thanks. What you got next? Um, <laughs> well, we have another laptop con- controversy. So a, a couple episodes ago, I basically called out Black Veil Brides for not playing because their instruments didn't show up. And I was mm-hmm. basically I more than subtly hinted that what the instrument they needed most was a laptop because sure. they're, most of what you're hearing comes from that. Now, what I'm suggesting and what this story is is claiming are two different things, and I, I'm going to call them both bullshit, by the way. I literally think backing vocals, some of the lead vocals, maybe all the lead vocals, some of the guitars, you are hearing all of that. I saw Baby Metal, and I that was the first time I was like, there is not a fucking single note I'm hearing that's live. I don't even think that fucking drummer who's blasting away is being popped through the PA. He might be playing along to the track. But we aren't hearing him. We're hearing a fucking MP3 or wave or you know some kind of flack. Um, so a band called uh, uh, Falling in Reverse, who I know because uh, when they first started, the it's, it's the singer, a guy named Ronnie Radke, was in a band called Oh Escape the Fate, which my stepdaughter enjoyed quite a bit. And I actually so, got those two confused. Yeah, <laughs> so many of those names. I have to pause. To that, kind that's of, what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. So. So Falling in Reverse was uh, apparently Rodney Radke got kicked out because he went to jail and he blamed them. The whole first record is about him being pissed off at Escape the Fate. I'm paraphrasing this based on conversations I had with my stepdaughter 10 years ago. Anyway, uh, so I am actually somewhat familiar with these guys. I've seen them live at Warp Tour because she wanted to go see them. And my wife actually went to a, a club show of theirs with hers back in the day. So she's uh, my wife's a cursory fan, and they have a bit of a uh, hot song right now on like your uh, octane kind of shows uh, called "Popular Monster." Anyway, they uh, the singer came out and just flat out said, "Yeah, our laptop was stolen, and now we can't play this show." And Eddie Trunk, of course, you know, tore into him. Uh, Sebastian Bach got involved because. He gets involved in everything now sure. on Twitter, and and him and Sebastian went back and forth, and and I thought Sebastian kind of made. I think he made the most sense. Basically, the examples that Ronnie Radke used of Sebastian using backing tracks or or, or, or pre-recorded stuff was the walk-on music. And I'm like, well, no one's fucking claiming the walk-on. You know, it's like you're, you're playing something, and then you go, what's up, Milwaukee? And then the band kicks in, you know? But he had yeah. nothing of, like... And his a big defense was that like the song pop he used that as because it's our big song right now he's like we couldn't even play that because it's got rap parts in it and I, first of all have a second bat laptop have this shit backed up well, somewhere six, six laptops I think he keeps them all together I know I, I don't I don't get any of this stuff I mean have it's, have a fucking plan for this specific thing if right. it's that important right but I here's a better idea have a workaround. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, while you're getting this stuff restored and rebuilt or whatever you need to do, have these little run of shows that are kind of unique and your fans get to see something that they're not going to get to see all the time, something a little different, but a way that you're, if you guys can perform this music, you can come up with a way with a live band to perform rap music. It's been done. So or just done to that song. Or <laughs> they, they might have you know? a problem there if it is a big track. I get that. Yeah. Um, and Nikki Six got kind of dragged into this, but I, uh, I the comment from Nikki Six was on an unrelated post. Uh, Eddie Trunk just posted an Aerosmith video and said these guys are still great. I'm not word for word, but something along the lines of these guys still have it, still great, and every damn note you hear is live. Mm-hmm. Didn't mention anything about anything else, but all this controversy, you know, is probably you know in the background somewhere on anybody that's following it. Right. So Nick Nikki Six commented on that specific post with, "You sound like an old get off my lawn old man with all this technology stuff and all this stuff." And I actually commented to Nikki Six, but that coward hasn't responded to me personally. Uh, <laughs> he's, Typical. I, my, my comment was really because when I read this and see your comment, it sounds like he fucking struck a nerve. You know what I mean? It's like. Well, you know, you know, did you think Aerosmith is what? You know, like, yeah, come on, man. Yeah, because, you know, we both think Motley Crue uses a lot of backing tracks. Uh, Yeah.
first, it seems ridiculous. It's like somebody that says, like, if I lose this hardware, I can't do my my show. That's, you know, it's all in the cloud, man. You don't have some way of having, like, let's say it's your, your programming of your lights. You're telling me that you don't have that thing backed up somewhere where you can re-download the program on mm-hmm. another device. Give That's an area that break. I would totally embrace cloud computing, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Let's say you have that. Now, listen, I, I can go to a, a band as, as obscure as, like, uh, you know, my how I love the, the band names, Mustache. Hmm. I, when I saw them live, they said they have a lot of uh, of songs, actually, that, that have uh, some backing stuff where it's like uh, keyboards or whatever. They, they, but they fully met at the, at the show when I saw them at this small bar. They just go, listen. We don't have the setup for this. So some of these songs are going to sound a little bare at parts because we're just going to not have that stuff, but they normally have it there. That That's what I think of, of, of the stuff that you've yeah. lost. Like you don't have those, those extra parts. Let's say you have a part in your, your um, song. That's like a Bohemian Rhapsody. Cause I think that was used as an example. In one of his rants, oh, of course people know that exact part is not live. It's just something you can't re- recreate live. And, I think people are fine with it. It's like this. It's like the keyboards that show up on on Jump and Van Halen. They're all of a sudden they're there. There's no fucking keyboard. Okay, whatever. But I don't think that means that you can. You have to stop the show. Is my is my point. You shouldn't. I don't think you should have to rely. You see, like, listen, our lights are going to be kind of lame tonight. We had our laptop <laughs> stolen, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's where they go to. Is it's the whole programming of of this, that, and the other. Unless it's like an essential part, you can't pull off your show at all. That's that- where I'm getting. That's why this stuff is suspicious. It's like there had look. If there's times that like we would do a show and I lost, I, I forgot to pack my wah wah pedal, and there's a song of ours that it needs the wah. Yeah. And I played it without the wah. It. Wasn't as good. Didn't like it as much. But you know what? We, we just went through it. And the other option there would have been just to not play it like you said. And But again, I think with this being a hit for them, it might be a, a bit of an issue. But I, I still think there's a way to do it, man. I, I really do. Well, about that, where, where I was getting to, too, is I've heard defenses of, of things like, oh, so you don't use a compressed mic and, and, and yeah, record your podcast. Break, man. Come on. Like, like vocal effects and things like that. Like if you actually have to cancel your live performance and reschedule based on the fact that that some programs are lost, I don't think there's any way around calling bullshit on that for what you're normally seeing live. Yes, no. That's All right, one hundred percent. And that's I, not that's not an old man. I want to make sure that, that this is we we say get off our lawn a lot for a lot of stuff. Yeah, but that that I think is a basic thing. You should be able to still say like. We're going to do this. We're going to fucking do this. There can be some parts you're going to miss on this, guys. Well, let's rock out and have a good time tonight. I, I think the uh, the old man get off my lawn. Just what were we talking about last week that I thought was kind of lazy? The uh, um, the joke you had uh, oh, about the living in your parents' basement kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think the, the the get off my lawn old man thing is is just a cheap cop out for the most part nowadays. The because like you said, we use it on this show sometimes because you know, we do. Because sometimes it, it, it's appropriate. Yeah, it's not appropriate anytime somebody calls out a, something that could be looked at as a generational thing, right? I'm not right. mad these people are using technology to create and record music, doing different effects and different sounds. But if you're telling me you can't perform as a band, you know, I, I would take this from a rapper before a band, but you guys all stand up there. You hold microphones, you play instruments, you, you supposedly are performing for me. If you can't fucking play these songs, then they're not very good songs. I mean, they're they're they're, they're too dependent. Because uh, I guarantee Eddie Van Halen could play "Jump" without the keyboard. He'd have something on the guitar. You know what I mean? He'd probably whip it up in five minutes. Now, not everybody's Eddie Van Halen, but their songs aren't that complicated. They just come up with some kind of trick on the guitar, some kind of drum beat. Your drummer or, can't play a beat that you can rap over. I right. mean, th- that's fucking ridiculous. No, no, no. It's got to be a programmed drum machine for me to rap. No, I cannot have a stick hitting a, a skin. It just it throws off my flow. Throws my flow. And and I, I, I still won't take to the, oh, because all of our, because uh, I know that, that, again, I'm not a musician, but I, I know that there's a lot of uh, programs that do the guitar tones automatically. Isn't mm-hmm. that part of it, too? Like, it's, it's fed through it to make that certain sound that you need for that song. Isn't that part of Yeah, part I of think they too? do use a lot of that kind of stuff, but I... 
that's a different topic altogether. Uh, okay, fine. It, it, it ties into your even point. So, play, but yeah, even it, yeah. so, it's going to sound a little off. It's not in perfect tuning. You do it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, well, how many times have you seen a band on the guitar? The guitar shouldn't sound like the fucking thing you're hearing on the radio or on the the CD or the vinyl or the Spotify or whatever. It shouldn't fucking sound like that because it's not. I'll tell you what. You listen. Uh, I'll say this right now. In five years, when we're doing our Cobras and Fire tour and we lose <laughs> our laptops and our microphones, I'll tell you what, motherfuckers, if I got a payday coming up, I'm going to stand on stage with you, Baco, and I'm going to have a newspaper curled oh. up like a little bugle and I'm going to use and I'll be shouting my ass off. I don't care if everything is lost. We're still doing our goddamn show. We'll call that Cobras and Fire acoustic, whatever you call it. That fucking thing is getting there. I'm being paid in cash in full. Up front, just like, uh, who's the guy? Chuck Berry. He's okay. going to pay us extra, and we're taking that <laughs> paycheck from you motherfuckers. We are not canceling because of laptops and, and, and USB mics. My USB mic is gone. Fuck that. I'm yelling. This ties into the whole uh, laptop stuff, too. And that is that uh, I saw for the second year, within just five months of the show, I saw Local H again. Wow. <laughs> uh, come back to a place called Globe Hall. They're on their the other. They were making up their lifers tour earlier this year that kept getting canceled with COVID. Now they're celebrating the 20th anniversary of an album called Here Comes a Zoo, uh, which came out right after Pack Up the Cats. And they're playing this one in, we're playing the album in full, but here's how they did it. And I'll tell you why it goes in the laptop thing is they did this. And I think this is cool when bands do this. Cause I remember when Motley did this actually uh, for their, their um, uh, carnival sins. And that is they basically opened for themselves. They played two sets, but what they did is they, they played like a 45 minute set in the beginning of kind of like hits. Okay. And then they, and then the second one was the whole album. Plus so is the first 45 minutes, just copacetic on repeat. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> Pop fan favorites. Let's say it yeah, that yeah, way. Yeah, I'm just, I'm being a dude. Yeah, no, I know. The main thing of, of it, tell you this, is that they had, now, for those that aren't aware, Local H is a two-person band, drummer and, uh, and guitar slash bassist, okay? And one. And uh, these motherfuckers, because this album, I think, is a little more complex, they had a third guy on stage. And I even thought, like, old man, like, you can't have a third guy playing live and playing some backup bass and things like that. <laughs> he would come out every once in a while, this kind of odd... Backup odd, bass. <laughs> backup, ba- backup bassist, and he'd play some uh, some gang vocals, and they'd run off, he'd scurry off. And I was like, I was like, oh, you guys are cheating adding that third guy on stage. But, we, um, we always hit our backup bass player off stage. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You, you, you'd have him... 
<laughs> playing bass lines off. People off. knowing that we get no. we got two people playing bass. Exactly. This guy kept coming on stage, but in short, another <laughs> smoking live performance. Um, left left there feeling euphoric as I have. But I was just I was the reason I brought that up too is is there a band that you can think of? I couldn't think of any time I've seen a band even back in the day within five or six months or twice in the same year. Have you? Sure, can, can yeah. You? Kiss on the Hot in the Shade tour. They played um, Minnesota twice in about a five, six-month period. Really? Yeah, They uh, and I saw both shows, so that was kind of weird. Um, that was, Anybody was, else? Like lo- maybe lower I'm, level? I'm trying or? to think here. Yeah, well, local-level bands, definitely. I mean, well, I, sure. I probably saw Flip six times in a year once. <laughs> okay, um, well, that, you got me there then. Uh, but that that's not really the same thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, whatever. Um, that's pretty cool. Did you see Wilson or Boba Flex like twice? Yeah, I, do, are we counting like opening acts? Because uh, I oh, think I saw true. like um, God Seven Dust and Cold Chamber open for four different bands in two years. Um, and then also on top of that, saw them at Ozfest. So I probably saw those those two bands together at the same show five times in about a two year period. Okay, but they were the they weren't the headliner at, at any of the shows. They were just a common two sh- two step opening you know act to whoever they were with. I don't even remember. So I'll, so I'll end this segment with just saying uh, they're on tour until the end of this year. So if they're coming to your town, I've pimped them plenty of times. The thing that was unique though is that I think maybe five songs were the same within those two shows that I saw. That's pretty too. cool because uh, I know you're a big fan. You're you're starting to come out of your shell and admit that. Uh, and you know what? Uh, let, let, let's pimp uh, the ACLC uh, local age episode from about a year ago. Yeah, I think it's a pretty, it's a pretty in depth uh, show for anybody that wants to be, you know, exposed to some local age. All right, let's get to the headliner. Well, I'm going to hit you with something here uh, that it just reminded me real quick. You're on the, the Sly Dog podcast coming up here. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, so I got... Uh, uh, I assume you, the, you you disparaged me quite a bit because you hid this from me. No, I just... I just <laughs> oh, I hid it. Yes, that's right. I'm seeing... Okay, I, I've only said that, I only see two other men. You see, like just like you're like in a gangbang. I am just giving you a hard time. I'm looking forward to hearing it. What, what, did, what, uh, what did you guys talk about again? I saw Alex's post, but the episode's not out right now. It was uh, Alice Cooper. There we go. Um, yeah, it was Alice Cooper, like top five deep track and just like overview kind of deal. And uh, he must have taken our cred from from back in the day, one of our earlier episodes of doing a five episode discography with you, myself, and uh, Haney back in Jesus 2016, maybe. 15? Yeah, a long some, time ago. something like that, yeah. But so. uh, uh, anyway, I look forward to that. Good for you. Yeah, I'll definitely share it in the group. 
So yeah, and, and have you done any? Uh, well, you just you doing the slobber knockers? You doing any? Uh, have you been doing a, seeing some other men behind my back too? Uh, not behind your back. We all got together yesterday. Although I may, I, now I feel bad. I think I should have uh, dialed you up on like video call for the the breakfast we all went out for. Oh, is that right? Okay. <laughs> well, if you did, you would have seen me snoring. Because oh I went right back, I went right back to bed. Jesus Christ! Everything, everything going out to eat is such a fucking expense now. Holy fuck, God! What do you mean? Was it twenty bucks for breakfast? What? 25? Yeah, basically it had a had an omelet and a cup of coffee. Although I the omelet was so big, I got half. I basically have breakfast for today. If you look at it that way, it's a little <laughs> more affordable. Breakfast for for me though, like I'm I don't I like fancy breakfast if I'm if I'm it's a weekend and it's something special. But in general. I just had eggs, hash brown toast. That's really all. And I, and I want it to be about six bucks. <laughs> well, yeah, that's you're not going to find that out, out in the no, wild. No, not really. Uh, no, but 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 I will say for going out for breakfast, when you go out for breakfast at our age, when we are men of a certain age, I think you're skipping lunch. I think you don't really need lunch when you're when you're the, the breakfast that you 100%. get out. I didn't is, eat till we had dinner last night about 730. So I had breakfast yeah. when we were done yesterday. So it was around 930. That's what I'm saying. Like the, the the breakfast they give you out in the wild are some fucking like just amazing. Uh, there's no reason. There's no reason for that lunch to even even hit you. Yeah, that's a, that's a tip for the uh, for the uh, men of a certain age. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how is it for you? Like, cause during the work week, like I'll have a banana or maybe some yogurt. And, yeah, and then I'll that that'll be it until lunch. You know, but basically on the weekends, I don't think I I don't remember the last time I had lunch on a weekend. The only time I do is when I don't eat breakfast. See. There you go. Although it drives you crazy where we're rocking pot and I have a big breakfast and don't eat till midnight. <laughs> well, it's because you don't eat dinner. I do need dinner. I do. I just eat it at midnight. Yeah, try it on an elevator. Rah, 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 rah. Michael Sweet fucking grabbing at my Cobb salad. That's right. Get your own arugula. Yeah. Fucking striper. Anyway. All right. You got, you got your headliner? Yeah, so th- there's a rumor out now that uh, Motley Crue, because I do know Motley Crue said they're going, they're going to keep going now. Mm-hmm. Um, that John Five is going to replace uh, the aging Mick Mars. It sounds like age is the only reason. I haven't heard anything official, other than that Rob Zombie did announce a replacement guitarist for John Five. But then I saw a second article that said it was a replacement for a show. It kind of intimated that we don't know how permanent this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's all sorts of scuttlebutt going back and forth. Um, but I don't know. This is a kind of a big deal. Uh, 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 the obvious question is like, well, who's going to replace Vince? Uh, cause I think that's honestly, that's the weak link. Yeah. Uh, well, I also I, I saw that I actually did see I didn't see that one. I saw the Rob Zombie one, and I like the investigative journalism too that says. And also, what really backs up this is that John Five no longer follows Rob Zombie, and Rob Zombie no longer follows John Five. So they've separated themselves that, from that all just social. A crazy part of the reality of the world, isn't it? Right. It, it happens it, in sports all the time. You know, like oh, some okay. some high end athlete is pissed off at his team because he scrubbed his social of any reference to the team. Mm-hmm. Doesn't follow the Arizona Cardinals anymore. Is Kyler Murray happy? It's like, God damn, man. You know, I don't even fucking. Un- it takes a lot for me to unfriend somebody. Uh, right. Basically, if I'm ready to unfriend you, I'll just block you. But sure. I, I unfollow people. Uh, but it'll sell, still show us because I'm 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 covert, man. I'm sneaky. Yeah, I think that. Um... Meanwhile, did uh, Nikki Sticks start following John Five? <laughs> I didn't see that part. Or did he follow his uh, his kiss specific Instagram page? Yeah, I, I I don't know. What I can say also is that that uh, I wish that that wasn't the case because I think what 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 makes Rob Zombie interesting to me is John Five because yeah. it's all these little flourishes and so, like the album that I I, I put that as, I think is my top album is an album last year because of of a lot to do with John Five's work. Like he just elevates the songs one hundred percent. And adds these little things that otherwise would be just a basic zombie song, I think. Rob Zombie, that was his only record that was any good since Hellbilly Deluxe. Correct. It was basically, and was he on Hellbilly Deluxe? No, no, he's actually been on a couple thirds of Rob Zombie too, but it seemed like uh, he was given a little more input uh, creatively in this last one. But uh, he's an amazing guitar player, and I'm sure he can can do Motley fine. I I just. I don't know. I, 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 it does does nothing for me. But I again, I'm probably not the guy this is targeted at because, like, I didn't. I don't. I don't. I was against 
going to the Motley Crue Def Leppard show with free tickets and a ride. I was like, I don't know. That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> you know, it's, what's what's odd about it, though, is that this is the first time I'm hearing about this is this morning when you had it in the notes. Yeah. Um, I hadn't heard this, the second part of this, uh, you know, separation from zombie part. And honestly, I'm not that mad. Like, like I, I, if, if Mick, you know, can't go any further and that would actually, I don't know why, but it kind of would interest me in seeing it, but it's still, I haven't wanted to see them live forever anyway, because events. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, yeah. That's, so that's kind of what it is. I'm, I'm empathetic. Ep- there you go. Apathetic. Like Apathetic. whatever. There we go. Yeah. It's like, okay, if that happens, it happens. It's somewhat, somewhat of a refreshing thing. And I wouldn't be mad too, because I'm surprised that Mick's still fucking around. Like the fact that he's actually on stage and doing his thing. Yeah. I, I the, the weird thing is that like, and, and I could be wrong. I, I don't know any of the inside baseball on this stuff, but I've always got the impression that like Mick looks forward to this shit. I think he does. And it seems like th- those guys have been looking for a reason to get him out of the band since shout at the devil. <laughs> Possibly. Well, and, nah, and, they, they, and, they approached and, Jakey Lee on the Aussie tour about replacing him. And he has the, uh, and he's probably, it's probably the only thing that I would look forward to seeing because I think he is playing live still. You know what I'm saying? Like he's doing his thing. I think it's yeah. probably the only organic part about the show. Yeah. And now it's, <laughs> well, it's, Tommy, it's uh, Maybe. Oh, that's right. Depends. I forgot about that whole controversy. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. God, that's just sad. Look, yeah. again, it all just gets back to why I probably don't care that much. Uh, sure. I, I, is John 5 the perfect fit? I don't know, man. He seems more of a... It's almost like putting Richie Kotzen in Poison. It, it just it, it doesn't... Uh, it As a guitar player, him joining the band, especially if you're not going to do any new music, who gives a fuck who who's you know who you replace him with? That's true because it's not like he's going to do the Tommy Thayer. I mean, he's he's. I don't think that he's going to add some some of his John Five magic (laughs) to any of these. You know what I mean? Like he's just going to play Mick Mars. Oh, he's going to do the Tommy Thayer, Uh, right? I think you. I could be wrong, but I thought you said it's not like he's going to do the Tommy Thayer thing. Oh, no, he's no, he literally is going, going to. to do the well, if I said it wrong, that's what I meant to I say. Might have heard all, it he's do, all he's going to do is is do that and do a uh, admirable job of it. But you could put anybody that's a, like a like a Mick Mars super fan, I guess, in there that knows the parts. Yeah, get uh, who's the guy in Bon Jovi? Phil X. He's kind of a, a nice little fill in guy. There you go, fill in, fill in X. Right. I always got the feeling that basically Mick never fit in with those guys on a personal level. Like, uh, you know, Tommy and Nikki always seem to enjoy hanging out with each other. And Nick, Vince just wanted to party and go get drunk and, and run, in, run into people with his car. Sure. But, yeah, uh, exactly. Like, he's like, he's like, hey, do you want to run over anybody with a car tonight? And Mick's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> Mick's like, no, I'm a yeah. troll. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I love him as a guitar player. I, exactly. No, hugely, hugely. Uh, has the personality hit, we, of a pet rock, though. I, I saw the dirt. He's got all the the one line zingers. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think Mick probably really enjoyed his portrayal. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's like spot on. That's Perfect. exactly how I am. Yes, that's how exactly. he sees himself. But uh, mm-hmm. he's a lot like Ace Freely that way. Uh, you know, hey, can we talk about the Ellison and Mustaine thing real quick? Because uh, please, yeah. Uh, what's 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 in with that? Yeah, so Ellison, you know, you brought this uh, to my attention, uh, oddly, but uh, an article where basically, and I went and checked out the podcast and listened to the whole thing, but Ellison's starting to clap back a little bit with, uh, because now that Megadeth has a new record out, Dave's doing interviews, Dave's getting asked about the Junior, and so the, these comments are coming out, and they're not exactly, they're kind of backhanded compliment stuff, I'll always love him, but I can't have him in my band, that kind of you know, those kind of things. And uh, Ellison's kind of clapping back a little bit, and I say good for him. Mm-hmm. I think he's throwing some shade. I, I I can't remember the exact quote, but it basically is kind of... Well, he be, he com- he compared it to basically emotional abuse. He talked about how, like, when he left Megadeth in 2000-whatever, two, three, four, somewhere, when, when Dave shut it all down for a while, mm-hmm. uh, that there was more collaboration when it came to working together in the studio. And then when he was brought back in... Um, they worked on some ideas and then showed them to Dave Mustaine, and Dave pulled Dave Mustaine pulled Elfson into uh, another room and kind of like dressed him down, and he says, "Well, look, whoa, whoa, okay, fine. If that's how you want to do things, that's how we'll do it." And he, but he just basically said it was kind of like mental and emotional abuse working with him um, 
on, on that kind of situation. But there is an article I saw this morning that came ooh, out too. Ooh, no, this is the one it was. It had to do with the fact that that currently Mustaine is starting to to bring some things up about Metallica, and uh, still that's from, a new from, one, yeah. Right, but but Ellison's comment on on it was basically that I have worked things out where I am not mad at Dave anymore, and I don't bring him up for these specific things. But unfortunately, other people, um, the quote was basically that he was kicked out of Megadeth for un for because he was repeating uh, what what happened to Dave, and Dave was having his revenge yes. on him. By kicking him out of Megadeth, just like he was kicked out of Metallica, and that he's never been able to work through that, and and because of that, he turned into Super Alpha, and is having his revenge on other people, and that's why they keep having the big turnover in Megadeth over all these years. That was the shade he threw on him. Yeah, in, in the, an interview that I just read this morning, uh, artist, it's on something called "Artists on Recording Starring Attica Live." Uh, he was being talked to, and they, they talked about that kind of the whole controversy and getting getting kicked out. And he said, and honestly, I was kind of like, hey, man, if you you don't have my back, then fuck it. I don't want to be here anyway. I'd rather get moving on. Um, And then he gets into promoting kind of his own own kind of stuff. So that's a a little more recent update on that. Now, he's he's not uh, he's not going scorched earth on this, but at least he's kind of sticking up for himself a little bit. Uh, I give him a little bit of props for not hiding from the, the whole scandal as embarrassing as that was. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I think I think he at least has addressed the comments. He didn't like deflect and turn it into a different topic. And uh, you right. know, he, he basically whether he was fully candid and all that stuff, or but at least he realizes he's going to get asked about this stuff. These things are going to come up, and 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 I think he's handling it. The uh, you know, I think he he'd be a good person to teach some musicians on how to handle the press. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, you know what? He is entitled to his legacy and his work and he should be able to take pride in that and move forward and have a career without having this asshole kind of wrangle him. And if he's going to keep spouting his shit, nothing wrong with clapping back a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I think his his uh, his help book should be How to Handle the O-Face. <laughs> I'm going to LC this moment. I'd like to uh, uh update my review on the latest Megadeth record. Oh, good. Please. <laughs> I listened to it again making chili yesterday. You know what? Not too bad. <laughs> okay. I yeah. think it's a solid record beginning to end. I can update mine also. <laughs> <laughs> I update mine, and, and that is that uh, for, for patient number nine, here's my, my fourth update, <laughs> is, is that uh, since you opened this up, is I think oh, this my is... Fault. This, I just want to do a couple couple things here. You ready? Yeah, go for it. Here it is. Uh, I think this is Ozzy's best comedy album uh, because of this this quote at the 22nd mark gets me every time. Excuse me. Could you tell me how to get out of here? <laughs> also, you have uh, somebody stop me. <laughs> He's also got I like worms. That's good. This is why this record resonated with you, I think, because it's. A I joke. think so. And the end of <laughs> of Mr. Darkness, Mr. Darkness, when he goes, "You don't even know my name, you asshole." <laughs> All these ad libs, classic Ozzy. All right, man, you want to get out of here? Yeah, man. It's been a good time. Rock's not dead, but his laptop was stolen. me could you tell me how to get out of here
Come on. Monty Python shows up? Fucking great album. That's mm. my review. You're a big Monty Python fan? I am, yes. That's dead bird, dead parrot. Fucking kills every time. The movies are great. TV show is pretty much bleh. No, I, I don't think I've watched a single episode start. I just know the hits. I just know the hits, like the ones they all show you, you know? You, you're seeing more of a Benny Hill guy. Uh, definitely Benny Hill. Was, I, I just like that because I was Yackety like, damn, there's a lot, sacks, of, baby. A, lot of hot, a lot of hot ladies on that show from back in the day. I was like, wow. I don't know. That was good. The English. Were they that hot? I just remember it being that way. Again, they had that little old man. He was kind of peculiar. Come on. There you go. That part where they would just run around. It was like the monkeys, but that's, with old that's old yakety sax, yakety sack, yakety sax, sack mm. like saxophone. Okay, no, we're gonna end with yakety sax. <laughs> You're editing this one, so surprise me. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.